0: Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lerr, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina C. Seafood, the County Chamber of Commerce, and the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to the show. A
1: lot of folks have been... Asking how things are going with my new Springer Spaniel Sam, and I've got to tell you. I've never gotten a puppy as young as Sam before. I got Sam at eight weeks old from New Day Springers. That's a breeder out of Twin Falls, Idaho. And I got to tell you, I am in love with this little guy. But he is proving to be quite a challenge when it comes to house training or potty training. And he is teething right now like crazy. As a matter of fact, he's gnawing on a pigskin right behind me as I speak into this microphone. But I do love this dog. He's a very sociable dog. Gets along great with everybody. Buddy he's met, and the two of us are bonding quite well too. And by the way, we'll talk about this more later in the show, but New Day Springers still has a few of Sam's littermates available. They're about oh, nine, ten weeks old now, but They will make great companions and or hunting dogs too. They're great looking AKC registered dogs. And if you're interested, just go to New Day Springers on Facebook and the remaining pups are only $900. I paid $1,000 for mine and the females were going for $1,500, but now only $900. Talk about a great Christmas gift. Again, we'll talk more about this later in the show. This week on the show, we've got some great guests for you. One of them is Daniel St. Laurent. He is the owner of St. Laurent's Guide Service and he's offering crabbing trips in Tillamook Bay Northwest Oregon this month and there's a really good reason to consider going on this because you're going to come home with at least 12 Dungeness crab, big Dungeness crab too and that is going to make for some very tasty seafood. Somebody else we'll talk to on the fishing side of the house is Jim Davis. He's a avid kayak angler. He's a pro staffer for Max Lure, and he just organized a winter social, as he calls it, where 50 to 55 kayak anglers got together in Boardman, Oregon, and went fishing on the Columbia River for walleye, and he's going to tell you what lure most of the anglers use to connect with walleye during this mid-November event. Speaking of fall walleye, Bob Loomis is back for another extended Max Minute. He's He's going to give you some tips on catching these tasty fish at this time of year and we're going to talk to brianna ball she is the public information officer for wyoming game and fish quite a bit of interesting news out of that agency in the last week and we're going to share it with you Want more? Okay, well, we're going to tell you about a unique problem they're having in Billings, Montana right now involving rampaging wild turkeys that are causing all sorts of property destruction. You thought that all those big city vandalisms were just happening with rioters. Nope, they're happening with wild turkeys in Billings. We'll tell you what you can do to prevent being bullied by a wild turkey if you run across a flock of them. Throw in our Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week, and as always, we've got a great show coming up for you. And oh, by the way, be sure to tune in next week because it's our annual Christmas gift giveaway show. We'll give you more details about that towards the end of our show today. All right, let's get things started the way we always do with another edition of Sportsman
2: Spotlight. This may come as something of a surprise, but those of us on the Sportsman's Spotlight team are suggesting you simplify your duck hunting game this year. Duck hunting doesn't have to be complicated, and with a little effort, you can successfully find and hunt them. David Sparks, Sportsman's Spotlight, with Fish and Game official Roger Phillips.
0: Duck hunting can be awfully complicated, especially when you see folks running up and down the river in a big jet boat. But it really doesn't have to be that way. You kind of need a shotgun and a
3: pair of waders and
0: maybe a few duck decoys. And if you want to spring for a call, that's fine too. But it doesn't have to be, especially for folks getting started, don't feel like you need to spend thousands of dollars. Grab a shotgun, grab some waders, go down
2: where the ducks live and see if you can get close enough for a few shots, and then you can kind of work up from there. Jump shooting is a low-cost option for public land hunts, but it is not the only one. The classic method of hunting over decoys is a good option for public land waterfowl hunters. Public land hunters may have to work a little harder to set themselves up for success when hunting over decoys, including dedicating time for scouting and being willing to put in extra effort to get away from most of the hunting pressure. But for those who are willing to make the commitment, there are many walk-in public hunting spots scattered throughout every state that can produce good waterfowl hunting, and it doesn't take hundreds of decoys. Waterfowlers can put together a successful hunt with nothing more than what they carry in on their backs. Good luck. You've probably been told that to reach a millennial farmer, you have to go digital. Hmm. Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, an online publication, or maybe a podcast. Hmm, but which one? Oh, and how receptive is this age group to your sales pitch during non-work social time? Maybe the best place to reach a farmer with a farming solution message is when they are, well, quite frankly, farming. You know, it's easy for us to find them during the day as most farmers are behind the wheel of a pickup truck or farm equipment with the radio on, listening to this station for the Ag Information Network of the West News. If you'd like to deliver information about your terrific product or service, give us a call and we'll connect you directly with our community of loyal farmer listeners. Reach real farmers right here, right now, as they listen to what is important to their farm operation. They trust us, they'll trust you. Sure hope you outdoorsmen have enjoyed this episode of Sportsman Spotlight. I'm David Sparks. See you next time. Did
1: you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. Next up, we've got Daniel St. Laurent on the line. He is the owner of St. Laurent Guide Service based in Tillamook. And Daniel is offering something special, December crab trips in Tillamook. Daniel, welcome back to the show. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So tell us about these crab trips. One thing I think our Washington State listeners are going to appreciate is the generous limit that you have on Dungeness crabs in
4: Oregon. Yes, we get to get 12 crab per person. The size is five and three quarters or larger. Normally in December, the commercials uh, have not gone out yet. They won't go till at least December 15th, but most likely sometime in early January. So most of the crabs we harvest in December will be commercial size or larger. So that's a very nice big two to two and a quarter pound crab. So it's very nice, generous 12-crab limit, and we get our 12-crab every time we do these trips, so it's not like fishing where sometimes you catch fish, sometimes you don't. We get our 12-crab every time, and then we come back to my shop, and we cook, and I clean them, and I have an ice machine where everybody goes home with cooked, cleaned, iced crab, To go home and enjoy for the holidays
1: oh that sounds absolutely fantastic to me go ahead and walk me through a trip so i'm guessing this is tide dependent are we going into tillamook bay are we actually going out in the open ocean on these and let's just say i'm hopping on board your boat with my family what happens
4: Normally, it's definitely tide effective. We normally make sure that we are not doing a crazy early meet time this time of year. Unlike a lot of the fishing trips where you meet before light, normally the meat times are anywhere from 8 o'clock in the morning all the way to 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon meet times. So it's great for families. You don't have to get up early. And normally, I have all of my crab pots already out there in the bay. Very seldom we get conditions where we're allowed to go out in the ocean that time of year just because of the weather. Sure. So 98% of these trips are in the bay. The crab traps are out there. So we go and pick the crab traps. Sometimes we have all of the crab we need. The first time we go out and pick the crab pots up, if we do, that's great. It's a nice, easy, short boat ride. Sometimes if we don't have all of the crab... We will rebate the pots, and then we'll just kind of hang out, sightsee, go up and down the jetties, look at the bald eagles, and look at the bird life, and then we'll go back and check the pot in an hour or two, and normally after that, we have all the crab we need.
1: Sounds like a really fun day on the water, and very profitable, too, in terms of how much crab you get. How much do these trips cost?
4: I do 175 a person, and uh, it's guaranteed the 12 crab. Uh, We won't stop until we have at least 12 crab per person. I normally will try to get my limit as well, since they are very plentiful this time of year. So I will always try to get my limit, and that way everybody goes home with a little extra crab on top of their 12 crab. That way they have enough to share with the neighbors and friends and family, and you get to go home with a lot of crab, more than you can buy in the stores for that price.
1: All right. Well, that sounds like an absolutely fantastic trip. And if you're looking for places to stay while you're down there doing this, just go to TillamookCoast.com. All sorts of places to stay, places to eat, things to see and do outside of the crabbing. Uh, let's turn our attention, though, to something else. And that would be steelhead fishing, because that's a thing. In those rivers around Tillamook in January, February, March, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners about this unique fishery?
4: Yeah, our steelhead fishery, it's a later starting steelhead, unlike a lot of fisheries that start the Thanksgiving early December ours don't really get going till January so uh, we have fantastic steelhead runs in all of our area rivers but they start about January and they'll actually go all the way through April I normally switch to spring Chinook fishing in April but it's a very long drawn out steelhead run and we don't have restrictions like a lot of our Washington friends up there our fisheries are wide open every year we haven't had a restriction in over 20 years we've had very excellent runs we have broodstock runs where we spawn the wild steelhead and from those wild steelhead we get hatchery runs back that mimic the wild run, so it's a very healthy, strong, long-lasting steelhead run down here in the Tillamook area.
1: And that's something else I want to touch on. Uh, Oregon is doing something very unique. They're partnering with guides on those north coast rivers
4: for this broodstruck program. How does it work? We as anglers will be fishing and we have live well boat and we will catch wild steelhead keep them alive in our boat, and then we will bring those to either an acclimation pond along the river where we hold them or right to the hatchery, depending on the river you're on. And from those fish, they'll sit at the hatchery until they're ready to spawn. And then when they're ready to spawn, they'll live-spawn those steelhead. They get about 80 to 90% of the eggs or sperm out of them, and then they will turn around and release those steelhead back into the river. And a lot of those will still naturally spawn. Some of them will go back out in the ocean and come back again. So it's a very healthy way of doing it. But then the fish from the hatchery, when those fish return from those wild fish, those are our hatchery fish. So it's a very strong, healthy run with fish that are already supposed to be in the rivers. It's not a fish from a different river getting spawned to come into a different river. So it's in-stock basin fish that will keep the genetics in the river extremely strong.
1: This is truly the smart way to propagate steelhead in the Pacific Northwest. I absolutely love this program and the success that it's had. All right. If folks want to go crabbing with you or fishing with you for steelhead, what's the website and Facebook page they should go to?
4: My Facebook is just St. Lawrence Guide Service. My website is just stlaurentguideservice.com. And then my telephone number is 503-440-5188.
1: All right. St. Lawrence Guide Service on Facebook, stlaurentguideservice.com on the internet, and the phone number 503-440-5188. That's 503-440-5188. Book a crabbing trip or a steelhead trip, head down to the Tillamook Coast. I think you're going to love it. Daniel, thanks so much for sharing this with us today. Thank you. Our next story comes to you from the city of Billings, Montana, where they've got a bit of a wild turkey problem there. Turns out there's a whole bunch of aggressive turkeys destroying landscaping and leaving, well, lots of scat behind, shall we say. Recently, Montana Fish, Wildlife and Parks and the cities of Billings have received complaints of nuisance turkeys damaging yards and property. And if you're wondering why this is happening, well, it's almost always the result of inappropriate human actions, especially the feeding of wild turkeys, according to Montana Fish, Wildlife and Parks. In North America, there are five different species of wild turkeys, but the ones around Billings are Merriam's wild turkeys. These turkeys are omnivores. They forage for a variety of foods, such as insects, seeds, nuts, frogs, and snakes and the males can weigh up to 30 pounds. With winter on the horizon, you might be tempted to feed these turkeys, but doing so is going to quickly cause them to lose their foraging habits and become bold and aggressive when they congregate. Wild turkeys will normally move throughout the day foraging for a variety of natural foods, but if you start feeding them, you can motivate turkeys to stay in a single location, which would increase flock size and cause an increase in disease transmission too. Not only is feeding wild turkeys a bad idea, it's also illegal. You can actually be fined up to $1,000 for doing so. So what do you do if you are having problems with wild turkeys bullying you? Well, there's some non-lethal hazing that Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks suggest. You can use tethered barking dogs. You can use loud noises like air horns or whistles. You can get physically big and wave your arms or or open an umbrella. That'll scare them. You can spray water from a hose or squirt gun, install motion-activated sprinklers, and chase, but don't make physical contact with the wild turkey. And if you think it's bad now, well, wait for mating season. That happens between February and May. Males often become more aggressive and territorial during this time as they seek out a female and can attack their own reflections and objects such as cars and glass doors. So cover these reflective surfaces for the mating season or use those hazing tactics described above to deter turkeys from your property and prevent damage. Wild turkeys, they can cause a problem in even some of our bigger towns, so don't feed them, let them stay wild.
5: If your favorite season is deer, if your favorite salad is meat salad, if your favorite gifts come wrapped in fur or scales, if you're dreaming of a white and camo Christmas, then you'd fit right in at Sportsman's Warehouse. And lucky for you, Sportsman's is offering amazing deals all season long. So visit your local store or go online to sportsmans.com and gear up for an unforgettable holiday.
0: Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio and to an extended Max Mint, brought to you by Max Lure.
1: Next up, we've got Bob Loomis back with us again with Max Lure Company. The subject, catching fall walleye. A lot of folks are hanging up their rods, it being mid-November, but that's probably a mistake, isn't it, Bob?
0: It is a mistake, John. You know, you This time of the year, the forage bases lose their hiding places in the weeds because the weeds die off, so they start stacking up in different areas, which means that the larger fish start stacking up, and it's a fantastic time to jig walleye. Are we
1: jigging for them because the waters are getting colder here in the northwest and the Rocky Mountain states, and those fish are congregating in deeper water?
0: Well, when they're congregated, you know, you obviously don't have to move very far. And, you know, when you're trolling, you're looking for fish. With this, when you have a bunch of fish together, why not hang over the top of them and try to work over, you know, as many fish as you can? So jigging is a little bit more preferable when you have a lot of fish in one area. You've got a couple of
1: lures that you can use for jigging up walleye, and one of them's a new one, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the new uh, SmileBlade ST Drift Jig that we just came out with. It's a uh, a jig that has a... uh, deep bend hook in it. It's great for hooking and keeping fish on, which has a keeper on the back for putting plastics on, but it's got a one-inch wire that we call the hitch that has high UV beads and a smile blade on it. So it's a cross between a jig and a a spinner, and it works absolutely fantastic for walleye fishing.
1: I know another lure that has worked for me is uh, your jigging spoon, the Sonic Baitfish.
0: The Sonic Baitfish this time of year is is our number one go-to when we're jigging. But we're, we're really excited about using the new SD Drift Jig. But, you know, as you stated, the Sonic Bait Fish is a fantastic fishing tool for this time of year. All right.
1: Well, get those rods back off those shelves and racks and head on out to the lake. Jig yourself up some walleye. They are tasty fish. You you do so with the SD Drift Jig or the Sonic Bait Fish, look for them at sporting goods stores near you.
2: That's the sound you hear when a fish hits the new Sonic Baitfish from Max Lure Company. This metal lure can be cast, trolled, or jigged, and will catch just about anything that swims in the sea, the river, or the lake. The Sonic Baitfish has a unique vibration and flutter that can be rigged in seven different ways. With all sorts of eye-catching colors and weights available, you'll be reaching for the Sonic Baitfish as your go-to lure. It's the Sonic Baitfish. And that's another fish on, only from Max Lure Company.
5: If your favorite season is deer, if your favorite salad is meat salad, if your favorite gifts come wrapped in fur or scales, if you're dreaming of a white and camo Christmas, then you'd fit right in at Sportsman's Warehouse. And lucky for you, Sportsman's is offering amazing deals all season long. So visit your local store or go online to sportsmans.com and gear up for an unforgettable holiday.
1: A seafood bounty is waiting for you on Northwest Oregon's Tillamook Coast. Catch a limit of big salmon, haul up a pot
0: of delicious crab, plan your visit today at TillamookCoast.com.
1: You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We are heading to Wyoming, the Cowboy State, to talk with Brianna Ball. She's a public information officer for Wyoming Gaming Fish. Brianna, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving.
6: Thank you. It was fantastic.
1: Well, let's talk about the latest weekly newsletter that your agency put out. A number of interesting things there. And number one is you have a a program where hunters can buy refunded hunting licenses. Tell us how this works.
6: Yes, so limited quota licenses, which are tags that you have to draw for, that are approved for a refund, are made available to purchase by residents and non-residents on a first-come, first-served basis. Through a license selling agent or the Game and Fish website. And so the same rule actually applies to any non resident regional deer and non resident general elk licenses. So just recently, commission regulations that were passed now allow hunters to request a refund of their license if they meet qualifying criteria. And then our team is able to put those at first sale on the website.
1: Well, I like it. It's some extra opportunity that people wouldn't have otherwise. Turning our attention to conservation. Mule deer. A little article in there about keeping mule deer wild and not feeding them. And, and I think this is something worth talking about because Western Wyoming in particular had a harsh, harsh winter. You lost a lot of mule deer. And there's probably going to be people inclined to feed the deer thinking they're helping them out.
6: Yes, that is true. You know, winter is pretty much upon us, and big-game animals are moving to lower elevations, which means they may soon be in some of our backyards. Now, during winter, there is an urge by a resident sometimes to feed these, you know, deer may appear thin or hungry, um, and they're under the assumption that it's going to ensure their survival through the winter, but it actually causes more harm than good.
1: How is that?
6: So, you know, suddenly introducing new food to a deer can have some devastating effects like cows. Um, Deers are ruminants whose gut microbes gradually adapt to different food sources, over the season and this batch of meals can actually lead to some serious stomach issues for them and it's not uncommon for a deer to die with a full stomach. They're just not able to process and digest that food. Um, You know, Although urban deer can bring enjoyment, we love seeing them in our backyard. It does really come with a lot of challenges and conflicts too when we're congregating deer. It brings a whole host of problems. One, they're going to maybe lose their fear of humans. It's going to maybe create some conflict with our own pets as well and not only that it may also attract some predators as well if we live in areas where there's mountain lions bears or coyotes they're also going to be attracted where the deer go and try to you know get a meal from themselves which can create a lot of conflict
1: makes a lot of sense and on a related note we had a little news item in there about those Halloween pumpkins or in some cases people keep pumpkins out throughout the fall season get rid of them after Thanksgiving but you're saying throw them in the trash, don't leave them outside, and, and I'll be honest, that's something I've been guilty of doing. Why should we throw them in the trash instead of leaving them out to decompose?
6: So this is, kind of goes along the same line as feeding deer. We are asking residents to properly dispose of those pumpkins. While it may seem harmless, um, it's actually quite the opposite, especially for mule deer whose digestive systems can't process as unnatural food. And this often leads to sick animals. This time of year, our wildlife managers get a lot of calls for sickly deer fawns. And much of this is due to them eating foods that that are not natural for them and have no nutritional value. So something to also keep in mind going along kind of that conflict route as well um, is that leaving pumpkins outside can also attract scavenging animals from raccoons to
1: bears. All right. Certainly don't want bears in the backyard, that's for sure. Sticking with conservation issues, bad news out of Yellowstone National Park. Chronic wasting disease has been found in a big game animal.
6: Yes. So Yellowstone National Park and the department confirmed the presence of chronic wasting disease in the carcass of an adult mule deer buck near Yellowstone Lake, which is in the southeast portion of the park. Now, this is the first confirmed CWD positive in the park. And what's really interesting is that this buck was originally captured by our staff near Cody earlier this year as part of the department large mule deer study, so it's fitted with a collar. That collar signaled that the animal died in mid-October.
1: I presume that there's going to be concern about this spreading to other mule deer and possibly also elk in the park?
6: Yeah, this confirmation of CWD in the park was disappointing, but it actually wasn't surprising. As we know, deer move around a lot, and CWD has been detected in the surrounding hunt areas. So it's certainly not unexpected that a positive deer would show up in the park. There are a number of mule deer, elk, and moose from both the Jackson and Cody regions that spend a portion of the year in Yellowstone, so moving forward, game and fish in the park We'll continue collaborating on the disease monitoring. And then currently the park is revising its
1: CWD surveillance plan. Okay, turning our attention to an action by your Game and Fish Commission, they're expanding access in Albany County for the public. Tell us about this.
6: Yeah, this is a big win for the public and wildlife. Um our commission met last week in Cody and they voted to expand the Delm Wildlife Habitat Management Area, which is located in Albany County just south of Woods Landing and to reiterate those words of our commission president Ralph Brokaw, you know, this expansion is truly a win for the public and wildlife. These lands not only benefit hunters and anglers, but also ensure that big game animals have access to more quality habitat in the area. You know, the public in this area can fish, hunt, trap, camp, hike, view wildlife and float down the river recreationally or for fishing. This expansion was made possible due to the funds generated from the passage of HB 122, which increased the cost of a conservation stamp from twelve fifty to twenty one fifty. And these funds are used specifically to secure public access for hunting or fishing. So it's great to see these funds put into work and increasing access for sportsmen in Wyoming.
1: One more time on the name of this wildlife area and where it's located.
6: So it's the Jelm Wildlife Habitat Management Area. It's in Albany County, just south of Woods Landing.
1: All right. Last but not least, I was on the website, and I've run across this podcast several times, Wyoming Outdoorsman. I really like it. It's just a short little three-minute podcast, covers a variety of topics about wildlife and the outdoors in Wyoming. Who's the person behind it? And is this also on radio stations?
6: Yeah, so we do have the Wyoming Outdoorsman, which is our Game and Fish radio segment. And those are hosted by our videographer, Ray Hageman. He also does Get Outside, which is a podcast that discusses current topics and issues regarding Wyoming's wildlife.
1: Well, The Wyoming Outdoorsman, uh, check it out on Wyoming radio stations, or if you can't do it that way, just go to the Wyoming and Fish website. You'll find it there. Definitely worth a listen, that's for sure. Brianna, thanks so much for making the time this holiday season, and I hope you enjoy the winter and the holidays that are coming up.
6: Thank you so much for having me.
1: In other news, I thought I'd give you an update about my Springer Spaniel, Sam. Yes, he's about nine weeks old now, and we are in the potty training stage, and he is definitely teething, and we're working through those issues. But I'll tell you what, I actually love this little puppy that I got from New Day Springers. He is already retrieving, much to my surprise, and he knows some commands sit, Income and, and he's very sociable he loves everybody and if you are looking for a good hunting dog and a good companion dog New day Springer still has a few pups available and this is a fantastic litter I got to meet the mom and the dad and the whole litter when I picked up Sam and these are some really good looking dogs and a couple of them need some forever homes so Jim, who is the owner of New Day Springers, actually told me that he's going to cut a deal for the right family that is listening today. You don't have to pay $1,500 for a female. You don't have to pay $1,000 for a male like I did for Sam. No, $900 and you can have one of these picks of the litter from New Day Springers. Just go to New Day Springers on Facebook. Take a look at what dogs are available and message Jim. He'll get right back to you. He's really good about that. And with any luck, you'll have one of Sam's litter mates for Christmas this year. Again, it's New Day Springers on Facebook. If you're in the market for an English Springer Spaniel puppy, that's going to be very sweet and probably a really good hunter. New Day Springers is a great place to start and finish.
7: Are you ready for some real adventure? Then wake up to winter in Wallawa County. Grab your camera, put on your snowshoes, and take a professionally guided hike into the quiet solitude and breathtakingly rugged beauty of the Eagle Cap Wilderness. Or sleep under the stars and test your mettle with some winter camping and ice fishing for kokanee and trout at Wallawa Lake. Or bring your snowmobile to Salt Creek Summit and explore Wallawa County on 150 miles of Northeast Oregon's best trails. Your outdoor winter adventure begins at www.wallowacountychambers.com.
1: back in with northwestern outdoors radio i'm john cruz we've got jim davis on the line jim is a pro staffer for max lure longtime sponsor of our show he's also an avid kayak angler and he put on a winter walleye social on the columbia river where a whole bunch of kayak anglers went out on november 18th for some walleye fishing jim welcome back to the show Hey, thank you, John. I appreciate it. So, where exactly were you on the Columbia this time, and how many people showed up to go fishing?
8: This time, we were down on the Columbia right in front of the Irgon Fish Hatchery. That's typically where we go. This year, I had anywhere from 50 to 55 anglers show up, and we all got on the water and, and went fishing. That sounds awesome. How was the weather? Mother Nature... The last four events, for the four years I've done this now, has blessed us with next to no wind, every single one. You know, Friday, the wind blew a tiny bit, wasn't much. Saturday, the day of the social, it was just glass. And then, of course, Saturday night or Sunday morning around 2 a.m., we had those 20 to 30 mile an hour winds come on. So we were uh, super fortunate there. It was just beautiful. Where did everyone stay? So a lot of the people, when they come over, they'll either stay. Some of them will stay in Boardman. A few stay in Umatilla. But most of the guys come over here to the Tri-Cities because we're not that far from there. And they stay in different Airbnbs, hotels, and stuff. And then I put up, this year I had 15 people at my house. Oh my um, and I'll put a couple people in my camp trailer. I have a big shop. And so uh, some of the guys will park in the shop. Or I have... You know, an acre and a half over there, and I just let people camp on my place. It's a a lot of fun. We sit around a campfire at night, have a few beverages, and, you know, talk about the days. A lot of times, a few of the people will show up on uh, maybe Thursday night sometimes because they want to go fish a little bit on Friday. Then we have the day of the event, and then Saturday night is when everybody's just, we go get some good food at the local restaurants and come back, and like I said, have a couple of beverages, run a fire, and tell stories about the day.
1: Sounds like a a great time. And this is open to anybody who wants to go fishing, isn't it?
8: Right. It is. Anybody in a kayak. Of course, you know, we promote safety. That's our number one concern. So you need to wear the appropriate gear, a PFD, a dry suit if you've got it at the very least, rain gear or rain pants, and uh, bibs and a top and a belt. That's just for water exposure. You know, you get splashed and stuff. But sure. you know, whistle is required by law. We have VHF radios. We run on channel 71, and we communicate amongst each other and just things like that. It's a lot of fun.
1: Does it cost anything to attend this social?
8: No, no. This is literally a social. It's just a bunch of kayak anglers that get together every year on that day because I picked that day because the fish typically are transitioned into the deeper holes and with the kayaks we can just dump on them because we can jig so well with them there's the winds not pushing it doesn't push us around like it does the boats and stuff it's just a lot of fun there's usually I don't know how many fish are in there it's got to be thousands because man normally we just absolutely hammer them
1: and I guess I gotta ask how was the fishing this November 18th
8: this time the fishing was decent but not nearly as good as it has been in the other past years. The only good thing about this year was the quality of fish was quite a bit better.
1: And i got to ask, I see that the the event was sponsored by Max Lure, and I Mm -hmm. see you have a huge photo dump on your Facebook page. You'll find that at Jim Davis, folks. And a lot of fish were caught with one particular lure that's a favorite of mine as well. The sonic bait fish looked like most people were vertically jigging this bait.
8: Yeah, well, just to talk about the Sonic baitfish a little bit, Max changed up the paint on them, those lures, and they added some sparkle and stuff to some of the a few different colors: silver, silver and gold, silver and blue. Those three colors, you can get those with uh, sparkles in them, and they got a different finish on them, so it's much, much tougher now. The paint doesn't wear off as easy. They're just a lot better. But when they work, when you work them the way they're supposed to, now they have a bunch of flash, and they literally are the perfect mimic of some of these little baby shad that are in the Columbia right now. Um, You know, you can fish them as a blade bait or as just a a vertical spoon, and the vertical spoon was what, using them like that as what we were all doing, and it worked really well.
1: Well, you've got one of the pictures in your collage is just great because you've got one of these black and chrome sonic bait fish laid out right next to a, a shad fry that uh, yes. came out of a walleye stomach. And you're right, it's a complete match. I mean, talk about matching the hatch. Uh, what size were you using, like a quarter ounce or eighth ounce for the Sonic Gatefish? On these guys, that one and that photo, those are three
8: quarter ounce. Okay, okay. Well, that a makes lot sense of times on...
1: you're probably jigging fairly deep. Where were the fish at?
8: Yeah, they were down in between 75 and 81 foot of water. So it took a little bit of weight to get down there. Um, Max has the new SD Hitch drift jig, and I wanted to use that. I did catch some fish on it, but I could, it was 3.8 pounds ounce, and I couldn't get it down that deep. I couldn't stay vertical, and I had a bunch of new people, and the heavier lure is a lot easier to fish. So I gave out all the, the Max Lures, and when we started catching fish on those Sonics, everybody just went to them.
1: Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. So, Jim, I also saw in the photo dump that some anglers were holding $25 gift certificates from Max Lure.
8: How did they earn those? Yeah, those are something that Max gives us. I use them to basically help promote conservation in the fishery Uh rather than killing every single fish you catch. I ask the guys not to kill anything, not to keep anything over 22 inches. And so what we do with those gift certificates is whoever can come closest to 22 inches without going over, then they get a gift certificate. And this year, the fish were, or two of them were uh, 20.50 and one of them was 18.75 inches. So those three individuals got those gift certificates.
1: Well, I like the ethic of letting the big ones go, and and I've got to agree. The the smaller ones flay out just fine, and they eat just as good, if not better.
8: Definitely. I totally agree they eat way better than the big ones. So I've got to
1: ask, what is the next event you're going to have?
8: For me, honestly, uh, I'm getting ready to go back into surgery again. I'm getting my other hip replaced on December the 11th. Oh, no. So... Yeah, I, won't, I will do this again. I already have the next November. I think it's going to be the 22nd next year in November. And then we do have us putting on a uh, – I'm not, but one of my friends is having a Sturgeon Social, and I believe he's going to do it in February. And it's along the same lines as ours, just everybody comes together and fish. But we do it at what we call Jurassic Park in Portland, Oregon. Okay. Or I think they call it the Cathedral, by the Cathedral Bridge there on Swan Island. And that is a lot of fun. It's just hover fishing a, a four-ounce weight and a, and a herring, and the, the sturgeon are just, sometimes they come through, like, not even exaggerating. You'll have 40 foot of water, and it, all of a sudden it'll look like it's 20 foot deep, but that's all sturgeon. It's crazy how many fish are in there.
1: Well, folks, if you want to get involved with in some of these events, Facebook page to go to, Tri-City Kayak Anglers. That's T-C-K-A. Tri-City Kayak Anglers is a good place to start. If you can get a hold of Jim Davis, go to his Facebook page and message him there. He can give you more details, too. And if you're going to be walleye fishing this winter and doing some jigging for them, either blade bait style or vertically jigging for them, use the Max Sonic Bait Fish. It works. I've had good success with it as well out of Potholes Reservoir in the winter months. Uh, doing exactly what Jim and the other anglers are doing in the Columbia River. So, Jim, here's wishing you the best of luck with the upcoming surgery, and
8: hopefully we'll see you out in the water. Thank you. I'll be on the water if everything goes good in February, doing the exact same thing.
1: This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Cena Seafood. And if you are thinking about a very special gift for somebody who loves seafood, I've got just the thing. It's a bundle of fish, wild caught Alaskan fish delivered right to your door or that special someone's door from Sina Seafood. Now, if you don't know what they like, just get the sampler bundle. It's a combination of halibut filets and sable fish filets and salmon filets. If they love halibut, well, get the just for the halibut bundle. This has two halibut fillets, one halibut cheek, halibut spread, and some special seasoning you can use too. And then there's the smoked sampler bundle. This one includes halibut spread, a cold smoked copper river sockeye lox, and a smoked sable fish, also known as black cod. Like I said, this is all premium quality seafood caught sustainably in the cold waters of Alaska by this family-run company owned by Rich and Cena Wheeler. If you want to support a small business, this is a great way to do so. And whoever gets the bundle you order is going to love it for the holidays. Find out more at CenaC.com. That's Sina, S-E-N-A-C-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. And don't forget to use the discount code of Outdoors Radio for 10% off your entire order.
5: If your favorite season is deer. If your favorite salad is meat salad. If your favorite gifts come wrapped in fur or scales. If you're dreaming of a white and camo Christmas, then you'd fit right in at Sportsman's Warehouse. And lucky for you, Sportsman's is offering amazing deals all season long. So visit your local store or go online to Sportsman's.com and gear up for an unforgettable holiday. Did you know we
1: actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com.
7: Wake up to winter in Wallowa County. Grab your camera and don your skis for some Nordic skiing adventure at Salt Creek Summit or Wallowa Lake. Or spend the day on the family friendly slopes of Fergie Ridge. Or slip into a set of skates and enjoy some time on the ice at our outdoor ice rink. Need to warm up? Then grab a cup of coffee or hot chocolate at one of our fine coffee and confectionery shops. And when evening comes, enjoy some of Wallawa County's fine dining and gaze at the stars before you dream of tomorrow's adventures. Your winter adventure begins at www.wallowacountychamber.com.
3: Looking for the perfect gift for the hunter or shooter in your life? Give them a Henry. These American-made lever-action guns shoot straight and have a classic Western look. Choose from a 22 caliber Henry for plinking, a heavier caliber for hunting, or even a shotgun for birds and small game. Better still, these guns come in all sorts of finishes, covering everything from use in the field or on the range to showing off the best-looking firearm in your zip code. Henry rifles and shotguns come with a lifetime guarantee. Guarantee. and if you help need deciding what henry is right for you just ask the award-winning customer service team at henryusa.com will be happy to help you out so go to henryusa.com and order a free catalog and holiday gift guide then find what you like look for a dealer near you and get a gift that will put a real smile on someone's face this holiday season start searching for your henry now at henryusa.com that's henryusa.com
0: before we go today we've got time for one last shot of northwestern outdoors radio with your host john cruz
1: I'm glad you're back because it's not only time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week, it's also time to remind you there's some great deals waiting for you at your local Sportsman's Warehouse store if you're looking for the perfect gift for the hunter, angler, paddler, hiker, or other outdoor enthusiast in your life. Check out the deals at your local Sportsman's Warehouse today. As for your trivia question of the week, here it is. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I believe it was released in 1977, starred Richard Dreyfuss, and a good portion of it was filmed at a national monument in Wyoming. And here's your question. What was the name of that national monument where Close Encounters of the Third Kind was filmed? If you know the answer, just shoot me an email at john, J-O-H-N, at northwesternoutdoors.com or go to my website at northwesternoutdoors.com and just go to the Contact Us page and give us your answer there. One lucky person who guesses right wins that $25 gift card we give away every week from America's Premier Outfitter. And speaking of giveaways... Be sure to tune in next week because we'll be doing our annual Christmas gift giveaway show. We've got quite a few gifts, as always, to give away to our listeners, and we can't wait to do so. And I'll just review the rules with you real quick. You'll want to listen to the entire show and decide what one gift you want to ask for for Christmas. And we take everybody who asks for every gift and we randomly draw. So, for example, if you want... Just saying Christmas present A, and it's a really high-priced one. There might be 100 people asking for that. Whereas Christmas gift B might be more modest, and only 20 people are asking for that. You see what I mean about the odds. At any rate, it's a lot of fun, and I hope you'll participate. It's our most popular show of the year, the Christmas gift giveaway show, coming up next week on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, and it's our way of saying Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors.